Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. It is your boy, Logan. So, um, yeah, I finally got some time to do a podcast, um, which is nice, considering the fact that, well, I don't have all the time in the world to do podcasting anymore, as I mentioned, but as I also mentioned, when summer comes, we will be having a official podcast schedule of when we will be uploading a podcast every week, um... Maybe I might have some specific topics to talk about uh, if there is news that comes up while I'm making a podcast, but uh, for the most part, it's kind of going to be just at random on what we talk about. Um, But today, we're going to be talking about why The Amazing Spider-Man 3 should be made. Now, I don't think it is a, well, surprise to anyone that The Amazing Spider-Man 3 is a movie that everybody is calling for, from the MCU fan base, the Raimi fan base, you know, everybody, Spider-Verse, I mean, you name it. So, everybody is coming together to agree that... You know, Andrew Garfield deserves a third movie to cap off his trilogy, which as of right now only sits as his origin movie and a prequel. And I do believe that he deserves to redeem himself and to come back to get that final movie for his series. And as we all know, The Amazing Spider-Man 3 was done very dirty because, or excuse me, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because of the writing and the script. That is the main problem with the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. It has nothing to do with Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, you name it. It really had to do with the script and the writing. And this is the same thing that I've been saying for the MCU Spider-Man, you know? The script and the writing for MCU Spider-Man is not great up until No Way Home. Now, there have been some, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes bonus features that they've been, uh, you know, kind of teasing on Sony's uh, social medias uh, for Spider-Man No Way Home's Blu-ray, where John Watts and, you know, uh, talks about... Um, you know, when he came on to Homecoming, you know, he was very unsure of what he was doing, um, and he grew along with the movies that he was making, he got more comfortable and, and kind of knew where he was heading, um, and then same with Tom Holland on that aspect, uh, but, and, and also Tom Holland acknowledges that in the first few movies he was Spider-Boy, and now, he, you know, this movie he becomes Spider-Man, so it's really nice to know that they acknowledge the fact that those first two Spider-Man movies in the MCU were very... I guess you could say, um, too low stake and not really Spider-Man stories. The reason, in my opinion, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 1 and 2 of the Maguire series are so beloved to me, personally, is because they deal with consequence for the actions of Peter, and they aren't afraid to show that. And the reason Spider-Man 2, in my opinion is, um, the reason I personally think Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie is the fact that, um, it it is a very true Spider-Man story, where you have Peter Parker, you know, dealing with his powers and making mistakes, and this, of course, leads to his character being very you know, conflicted internally on him wanting a life of his own, but at the same time having the responsibilities of being Spider-Man and that always getting in the way of him living his life. And the amazing, uh, or Spider-Man 2 did a great job out of every Spider-Man movie ever made to really depict that. 
And, you know, it was coming fresh off the heels off of a great superhero origin story in Spider-Man 1. Now, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, unfortunately, was... It suffered because of the writing. The writing for The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was so bad because The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was less of a Spider-Man movie and more of a set-up movie for future Sony installments, such as The Sinister Six, Venom, Kraven, you name it, right? So, when it comes to Sony, they, when they do this, are mainly focused on creating other IPs, you know? And that's the problem with Sony, right? They're trying to rush their Avenger-like move or their solo movies to get to their Avengers-like payoff. And here's the problem with that. If you don't make good movies and characters that people will invest themselves into, you're not going to be able to create a huge movie. Take Venom, for instance, right? Venom was a surprising hit, but not because the movie was written extremely well. It's because Tom Hardy and Venom and their dynamic made the movie very interesting to watch and very interesting to uh, to experience, right? The story around it was very generic, and then with Venom Let to Be Carnage, there was less story and more over-the-top goofiness, which they played into knowing that the Venom movie, the first one, wasn't that serious. And now with Morbius, you know, they're moving into an area where... They they don't know what they're doing, okay? Morbius, like, I'm still gonna watch it because it's a Spider-Man property, obviously. Anything Spider-Man I will watch, even if it sucks complete and utter asshole. But the reason I say this is because Spider-Man, or Morbius, is one of those movies where they, they had all this stuff in it, right? The Oscorp Tower, um... They had Adrian Toomes and apparently Venom in there on set, and they removed all those uh, scenes reportedly from the movie, and it's not connected to anything anymore. So you can tell that Sony is, you know, when it comes to their properties, they're trying to trick people into seeing the movie thinking it's connected to all these other movies. But for me, it's like, if you want characters like Morbius, if you want characters that are on the Sony side of things to actually do successfully you need you either need to a write a good movie or b you need to make it connected to a greater universe such as the mcu or other um connected universes right make it in the toby spider-man universe or the andrew garfield amazing spider-man universe you know it just uh, it really depends on, like, what you're doing with the character and what universe they take place in. Because right now, when it comes to Sony, when it comes to their Craven movie that we are hearing about, it doesn't sound good. Morbius has not had good reviews. That doesn't mean it's a bad movie. We'll have to see it. Morbius could end up being another guilty pleasure a lot like Venom is, where it's like, oh, well, it's a fun action movie, right? But we'll see what happens. I don't know if Morbius is really that bad. I mean, the critics absolutely dunked on Venom, and Venom turned out to be very successful, so, but the thing is with Venom compared to Morbius, Venom is a known character, he's literally, uh, synchro, or, yeah, uh, he, he's literally synced to Spider-Man, right, you think Spider-Man, you think of Venom, you think of Spider-Man, you think of Green Goblin, you think of Spider-Man, you know, you think of, like, a good amount of his rogues gallery, 
But when it comes to Morbius, Morbius is a Spider-Man related character, but Morbius is not a big Spider-Man character. He's not a Venom, he's not a Doc Ock or a Green Goblin, hell, he's not even the Lizard or Electro, so when you look at it, it's like, his character's not as well known, which makes that character not really... I guess bring in the numbers of people to watch that movie. I think that Morbius is going to be a okay movie. I don't, obviously, I don't expect anything MCU-esque out of Sony, but the thing is, if Sony wants to make more of these Spider-Man properties, you need to have good writing. You need to establish if they are in their own universe or are connected. And with Morbius, that has been very unclear. So I think when it comes to people going to that movie, expecting it to be in the MCU or the Andrew Garfield universe, of the Toby universe to have it not be connected to anything, it's gonna really confuse people. Um, and I, I really honestly think that that's a misstep on, on their part. Um, but I think The Amazing Spider-Man 3 does need to be made, and I think that if Sony going forward wants to create movies that are gonna make money outside of Marvel Studios helping them, they need, and I mean this in all honesty, they need to have better writing on their movies, and even the MCU needs better writing on some of their movies. Take Spider-Man, for instance. Two of his movies were not that good. I don't think Homecoming was a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. I do like Spider-Man Homecoming. But the movie is too upbeat and too happy to feel like a Spider-Man movie. And then Far From Home, I absolutely dislike. I don't care for Spider-Man Far From Home at all. That is my least favorite Spider-Man outing in the entire MCU. And Spider-Man No Way Home is a good movie, but the, you know, it, it's a really good movie, but the only problem I have with that, it's like, yes, this is the movie where he becomes Spider-Man, and there's a lot of fan service, and they did a lot of things right, but unfortunately, we didn't ever get a Spider-Man movie within this trilogy where it felt like Spider-Man was actually Spider-Man without needing the nostalgia to really drive people to go see the movie. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't take anything away from No Way Home, but going forward, Spider-Man needs to have Spider-Man stories, he needs to have consequence, he can't be upbeat and happy, Peter Parker has to make hard decisions. It took, and I understand now where they were coming from with the MCU Spider-Man, but you gotta remember, as someone that looks into a movie on an individual basis... I cannot rank those movies higher, even with the overall outlook of it being a journey from him being Spider-Boy to Spider-Man. So, with that being said, um, Sony needs to really be careful going forward with the Spider-Man movies. Because without the good, good writing, they're basically relying on Venom and Tom Hardy's comedic humor to carry the franchise. And on top of that, they're also expecting the Spider-Man MCU movies to carry their studio. But it's not enough. You know, Morbius could turn out to be a very good movie. We don't know. I mean, whenever Sony creates something that is not directly Spider-Man related, I do not think it's going to be good. Sony's writing for their movies has gone so far downhill 
like, it's not even funny. You know, Sony is also the owner of franchises such as Underworld and even that one Slenderman movie. It's like, you could have done so many good things, but the problem is they don't invest the right time, resources, and writers onto a project to make it a good film. So for me, it's like, you gotta really do something really special. You gotta put your all into every movie and not just rely on the Spider-Man movies to rack everything in. My opinion. But, Sony, I don't know what your future plans are, but with how Morbius, at least critically, is shaping up to be, and the sounds of your new Craven movie, I'm very concerned about Sony going forward. Because without Marvel Studios, they seem to be completely lost. I think Venom is their only franchise outside of Spider-Man that can actually make money. Uh, but with, when it comes to Venom 3, what are you going to do, right? You've already used Carnage... Literally, Venom's nemesis in the third or the second movie. So, for the third Venom movie, what are you gonna do? Like, who's the villain? We know that Toxin is being set up. We know that there's a symbiote in the MCU at the end of No Way Home. But what are what is gonna happen with Venom, right? Because I think we can all agree we want to see Tom Hardy's Venom face off against Spider Man, not a different version of Eddie Brock. So, for me, it's like, I'm trying to figure all this out. And now that Sony's movies from the past are now connected to the MCU, you have so many unlimited possibilities. Like, Sony can, like, I would think somewhere within the agreements between Marvel and Sony, I don't have inside information, but I would think that they would be able to grab some MCU villains or MCU characters and put them into their movies because of a multi, you know, the multiversal connection. Now, I don't know if they're allowed to do that, but if they could, it would really help. I think that the MCU and the Sony movies need to be more connected than they even are now. Because the problem with Sony is because they have such bad writing, they need to have MCU involvement to get people to want to see their movies, you know? But Sony also is doing a smart marketing tactic where they're playing around with Spider-Man and multiple different universe hints to get people confused and on board to see the movie. When it comes to Morbius, I'm not a big Morbius fan. I never have been. Um, however, I am interested to see what the movie is like. My dad's really excited for Morbius, and that's mainly because my dad's a big Blade fan. Blade's not his favorite hero, but he's really excited for the MCU's version of Blade. And, you know, Morbius is as close as you're going to get to Blade, you know, until Blade comes out. Which I'm also really excited for Blade. The problem with the MCU is, right, right now, there's not a lot of projects to be excited about. Like, I'm super fucking pumped for Moon Knight. I'm super excited for Blade. I'm super excited for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Outside of that, though, there's not a lot. You know, the new Daredevil series coming down the road, Echo, I'm excited for those. Marvel Zombies, I'm excited for that. But outside of those, I'm not super excited about live-action stuff movie-wise, right? Disney Plus, I think, is going to give us a lot of content in the MCU to be satisfied with while they make their movies. 
But in my opinion, the movies really need to hit. Like, their shows are going to be more consistent, like, getting them out. The thing is with me, right, I don't own Disney Plus unless a new series comes out or a new season of a series. Because for me, I'm not going to own a Disney Plus subscription for a whole year. Because the only thing I watch is Marvel. And once I watch through a series, I'm not watching it over again, right? So, I, you know, only buy a subscription when I want to watch a new show. Now, Moon Knight. Moon Knight looking fucking good, though. Moon Knight really looking good. Um, and that's supposed to come out in, like, ten days? No. Uh, three days. So, like, seven days. So, like, about a week from now, we're supposed to get Moon Knight. And I think Moon Knight's supposed to be dropping with four episodes, which is interesting tactic. I never thought that the MCU would do that. But before I confirm that with you guys, that it's, uh, that it's gonna be four pilot episodes, let me see and check real quick. Will Moon Knight have four episodes to start? Tease epic four episode twist ending. Uh, do 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 runtime Moon Knight's four first episodes may have found. I'm wondering, will it launch with four episodes? Release date. Yeah, like I was hearing rumors about them dropping four episodes at once, which would be very interesting. Um, just want to see the uh, the dates here. Yeah, 40 to 50 minute episodes that we know. I don't want to know the cast, I want to know the times. Jeez. Um, some of these, uh, hold on. Oh, dear lord. There's got to be something on here that can confirm or deny that. When it debuts in April. That's for episode four. Maybe they are still doing the two pilot episodes. Interesting. So, I'm not seeing any confirmation about them dropping four episodes at, at, at launch, but there was a rumor going around that they were going to drop four episodes at once, which I would be completely, you know, okay with. It just depends on, like, what that content is going to look like, because if you drop four episodes at once... Then you only have two subsequent weeks afterwards. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. It could be the normal two pilot episodes. And then they go through it. Now, it is a six episode series. Which is not as long as some of the other ones. I think that there were some that were eight episodes. So it's not a long series. And Moon Knight apparently is also like a one-off series. Like there will not be a season two of Moon Knight. Like this will be the one season and he will appear in other projects going forward. But Moon Knight is very interesting. Based upon the trailers and like apparently according to reviews too... Moon Knight seems to be very um, different than the rest of the MCU tonally, and it feels 
like it doesn't even take place in the MCU unless you look in the background and you're like a diehard MCU fan and can notice some things. So it's kind of like if you're watching the Marvel Netflix shows and you're like looking at Daredevil, the New York Bulletin, and then they got the Battle of New York in the background, you know, something kind of like that. But yeah, no, very interesting. Um, I'm excited. I think we're all excited for, for Moon Knight. Um, but in terms of what's going on with uh, Sony, Sony needs to step up their game because if they can't get their Spider-Verse going successfully, and I have a feeling if Moon Knight bombs, they're going to be scrapping a lot of projects. And that's the problem right now with Sony. They have so much time and money invested in projects that are not necessarily going to work out. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you. I hope you all enjoyed this somewhat lengthy podcast. Uh, it's kind of jumped around from a few different uh, topics of discussion. But, you know, I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, I will try to get another podcast out soon if I have the time. But uh, definitely stay tuned because when Moon Knight drops, we will be talking about Moon Knight and my thoughts on the series and things that I noticed. So we will definitely cover that. But thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed, and I'll catch you all in the next one.